hey there, and welcome back to Fire and Soul, the space to deepen your inner awakening and activate your highest expression. I'm so happy that you are here, and I'm celebrating that this is my second solo cast right to camera. And so if you're catching this on an audio-only platform and you are interested or curious about catching this in a way that you can watch it, you can head on over to our YouTube channel. It's by my name, not the podcast name, but Michelle Sorrow, S-O-R-R-O. It's a newer audience over there. It's only a few months old, uh, but it really, I believe, speaks to what this community is, this soul fam, and the path that we are on. And of course, we're at different stages of our awakening, but I love finding ourselves in one another's stories. And so showing up physically and visibly feels really important because there's three main themes that want to come through in today's today's share. And it's going to be short and, and sweet, hopefully powerful. You get some value, please, by all means. And if you are catching this on YouTube, uh, comment, let me know what resonates, what you'd like more of. Um, love connecting with you, right? So, and that is also a way that we can grow this is by the engagement. So please do like, subscribe and uh, comment and or share if you feel called. But the three main things that are coming through for me today is one is around showing up with with far more intention. And I'm talking about the intention that's pulling us forward, the attention that causes us to be a little braver, a little bolder, a little more courageous in what we're saying and how we are being, how we are showing up. And for me, it's more embodied in the truth that must be served. And so how can we do that in a way where it's not polarizing? In fact, one of the greatest core values I've ever heard, I recently heard it from someone that I met at the Transformation Leadership Council. She's a member. I was a guest, as some of you may know or recall, uh, just a couple of weeks ago in New Orleans. And um, that's the second piece that I'm going to share about is a really powerful moment that happened for me um, the night before I was to present. But um it was a woman named, uh, her name is also Michelle, and her Instagram is Superstar Activator. And her last name, I can't pronounce it, it's multiple syllables. So I'm, I apologize right now, I'll link it in the show notes. But um, we were talking about core values, and she's also on the path of awakening, and her life has shifted dramatically in the past few years, like all of us, many of us here. And, uh, and she said, transcending polarity. It's her top core value. And I was like, ooh, my soul got snagged. And so I was like, I am going to now put that at the top of my core values as well, because I notice that sometimes I can still separate and divide, certainly on self and definitely when I'm out in the world, right? Like notice this, for example, anytime that I might see a mask on someone who's driving alone in their car, I live in LA, that is not uncommon. Uh, it doesn't happen frequently anymore, but Ooh, it's, uh, it's definitely there. And certainly when you travel or when you get on airplanes and you go into different locations, you'd be like, whoa, there are a lot of people that are still living with the thoughts or the beliefs that that is important, right? And so for that, um, I notice that it's an opportunity when I see a mask to be what I now call an evolutionary trigger. The evolutionary trigger is like, oh, that doesn't trigger me as much now, but maybe a year ago it did. And what it would trigger me on is, is I would be angry at whatever they were believing that caused them to think that that was still important or necessary or uh, meaningful in a way that it would make a difference, right? And we've, we've awakened to that it might not, 
But the reality is, is that that is their path. That is their journey. And so I'm not here to judge their journey. That keeps me more in divisiveness. So what I now do is when I see a mask, and I saw a lot of this in my travels recently, and I certainly see it in LA, is look at anything that might snag me ever so slightly, ever so subtly as an evolutionary trigger. So in other words, the mirror is out for me to note what is that triggering? What is it activating in me so that I can alchemize that, integrate that and embody that as transmutated energy that's seeking resolution for my own wholeness and my own oneness perception of reality. Does that make sense? So how can I then begin to look at the mask as an example of like, oh, that's my work, not theirs. They're just living their life. They're on their own path. That's their journey. It has nothing to do with me. And also, how can I look at that mask on that person as a way to soften my heart and to open my heart even that much more to them and within myself, source, divine mother, mother, father, God kind of thing. Right. So an evolutionary trigger is what is on my path is meant to be on my path for no other reason than how can this grow me? What is the gift? How is this serving me? How is this showing me where else I can smooth out within my own inner knowing, my own inner narrative, my own inner navigating? This is what we're here for. This is what we are on the path of awakening for. And so for those of us who feel this sense of like, it's time to speak our truth even more. How can people like me, and maybe you're resonating, speak our truth in a way where those that are meant to hear it can and will, but those who aren't or might not ever be, they don't feel polarized by it or because of it. There's more of a sense of unity and oneness. And isn't that the whole point? Isn't that the era, the energetic of the era of the golden age that we are now stepping into? Isn't that what this new timeline really represents? So how can we get on that timeline, be in that timeline, speak from that timeline and be truly in the purpose, in the Dharma of why we are here, no longer in the karmic patterns, but more in the Dharmic patterns. And I mean by everything, what we do for work, our relationships, personal and professional, how we treat ourselves, our relationship with God, our divine team, our angels and our guides, the nature angels, right? It's all available for us once we get into harmony with the oneness energetics. Much easier said than done until we just begin to practice. So as we are stepping more fully into why we are here, can we do it maybe from that state of transcending polarity so that we're not even focused on that? And before we know it, and I'm excited for it, less and less and less and less, I don't even see the mask. It's no longer a necessary evolutionary trigger because I have evolved. I just see all of us walking each other home. So that's the first piece that I really wanted to speak to. And then that actually ties in very nicely to the second part that wanted to come through. And it's a follow-up to, to me going and speaking, being an invited guest speaker for the Transformation Leadership Council in in New Orleans, you know, an area that I, I've never actually had a desire to go. I'm not, there's no other reason other than it just hasn't called me. Uh, and I and I know that it has, you know, a lot of very dynamic energy. And for me, what happened there was that I definitely was available for. So there was some co-resonance for the sort of darker, shadowy types of energetics, grief. Uh, induced 
energetics. There's a lot of deep grief there that I was picking up on uh, to attach to me. I had not yet learned to protect my energetic field from whatever I was unwilling to allow into my space. And so I don't have actually the way to do that in this moment to show you and teach you. I'm not a master in that area, although I am bringing on a guest next week that I met at TLC and um, her name is Christine Lang. So we're going to have a conversation that I will put out next week in the same way where I remember we were coming back from a restaurant and let me share what went down, but then I'm going to share the other story that really wanted to come through. And then the third piece will come through in a moment. And that is uh, when we were walking to this restaurant and it was second night for me, I was feeling really joyful, really lifted, really expanded in my field and really excited to be there. But I also knew, oh boy, we're walking down Bourbon Street. It's a high stimulate, you know, st stimulated area, a lot of noise, a lot of energy. It was mismatched. Um, a lot of it certainly wasn't mine. It felt um, felt really hard and, and dark. And it also felt really fun and vibrant, right? So depending on where you wanted to direct your energy into and to know where you were coming from is where you were going to resonate. So I was already aware that like, whoa, this was a lot for me that I've been living pretty much like a like a spiritual recluse or hermit. And I have been enjoying the stillness and the silence and the, the quiet and the alone time. And it hasn't felt lonely at all. It's been deeply healing and um, super nourishing for me for a while now, right? And I haven't been putting myself into what I call like matrixy type of environments. I've been putting myself in more healing environments. And so, so to be in New Orleans at all was a big stretch for me to get on a plane at all was a big stretch for me. And, and so I was able to move through a lot of the fear around flying. Is that intuition or is it fear? And I know that we talked about that even in my, 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 um, my follow-up message on that. And it was like, oh no, right before I went actually. And I realized, no, that is not mine. It's in the collective. My intuition is, is that I am well protected, well resourced and divinely guided and that I'm safe to go, right? So I had a deep knowing on that. And, uh, but I did check in multiple times because I wasn't sure. I was like, ooh, this feels intense. It feels like there's something there for me to be considering. And I'm grateful that I took the time to go in and do that evaluation, right? And so anyway, we're walking to the restaurant and I'm just noticing all the activity, all the energy in the collective. And by the time we got to the restaurant, it was a very loud live band and uh, so loud that you could barely have a conversation, right? So you're straining your voice. My nervous system was just like, whoa, what is happening? It was a bit too much. But yet, you know, we were supposed to dine there and then maybe dance there and hang out there and try to connect there. And a lot of people were there. And I noticed that not everyone came. But as an invited guest, I felt like the right thing to do would be like to suck it up and to go, even though every part of me wanted to find a little quiet restaurant and like maybe two or three friends and like really like drop into some yummy, juicy conversation where we could hear each other and really connect in that frequency. But it wasn't on the docket for me in that moment or so I thought. And so I did what I thought I should do, which is to go and just, you know, show up and have as much fun and try to connect as well as I could in, in, a, in a venue that it was hard for me. And so I did. And about an hour later, I realized, you know what? I did it. I came, I, I connected and I actually had some beautiful conversations there, like this close, you know, so we could hear each other. 
And uh, and then I knew it was time for me to go. And it was so beautiful. Uh, Universe showed up with a, a permission slip. I had met a, a really cool friend. She turned 15 there. She was the daughter of one of the members named Zen, who I'm sure we will have on the podcast as well. And um, Alize, she and I connected and she saw me and she came down because she was upstairs in this like two or three story restaurant slash bar slash something. And uh, she was like, hey, there's a bunch of us upstairs. It's much quieter. If you want to come up there, you can. And I was like, yes, I didn't even hesitate. I didn't ask who was up there. I was just like, yes, that is for me. I didn't know that it even existed. So anyway, we went up, talked for maybe 10 minutes, and then they started to say they were going to go. And I was like, yes, me too. So we walk back to the hotel and it's like maybe, I don't know, max a quarter of a mile, but I'm noticing that the spirit, the energy that I came into the restaurant with, it has dimmed, it has diminished. I have been sucked under almost and I couldn't figure it out. I just knew that I felt anxious. I felt sad. I didn't feel scared, but I had some real despair energy that felt really dark and, uh, heavy yeah heavy and I didn't know where it was coming from and I just felt very teary and I was like and then I experienced some shame attached to that because the shame was at the core of it of like will they still want to connect with me tomorrow like somehow thinking that what I was feeling was mine and it was like the shame the fear yeah I guess there was some fear of did I leave too soon? Will that impact me negatively? Will that be all right? Will they even care? Did they even notice? Like, so, you know, group think, groups, all that. It was an organization that I was so honored to be invited to be included. And I was like, wait, hold up. That cannot be true. Like, like me being true to myself is the most important, loving, healing thing I can do. They're all adults. They're all mature. This is the Transformation Leadership Council, for goodness sakes. Michelle, that's your own thought. And it's also in the collective and it's attaching. But I wasn't clear on all of that quite yet. But what had happened is we go into the hotel lobby. We were staying at a very lovely hotel, but it did have like some energies in there that some were saying were not of the light, right? And, uh, and it did smell kind of musty and moldy. And so it was a little older and par for course, it's going to happen anywhere, not just a place like New Orleans. I've certainly experienced that in other hotels, you know, in other locations around the world. But um, when we were in the lobby, I saw someone that I love and care about. She had asked this woman, Christine, that's going to be a guest next week. Like, can you clear me before I go up to my room? And she's a medical intuitive. She's a channeler. She's a healer. And um, so I was watching this go down and I said, hey, I need that too. I didn't even, I hadn't really known what Christine does, but I knew that she had said to me already, we need to teach you how to seal up your energy. And I was like, yes. So I see this clearing happening in the main ballroom lobby, you know, it was beautiful lobby. And, um, and I said, can you do me? And she turned to me and she's like, whoa, whoa, there's so much grief that's attached to you. And I was like, I know. And I just burst into tears. I just... <laughs> You know, and she's like, it's not yours, honey. It's not yours. She's like, let me just, you know, I'm going to help to clear it. And so she did all of her, you know, her magic and her medicine. And all of a sudden I could feel like leeches were being pulled off of me. That's the best way that I can know how to describe it. But here's the thing. This is happening to most of us every day of our lives. And we're unaware of it because we are not as present to our auric field, right? To our own energetic space. But I knew, wow, that stark contrast of walking to the restaurant, feeling really joyful, even though I was like concerned about going to a bar because I do get sad. I don't think I'm judging it, but I do get sad when I just watch people drink and drink and drink and drink. And um, 
And so sometimes that can bring up some real sadness in me because I know what I used to drink for and the reasons why, and I'm not saying everyone does that, but, um, but it can bring up some sadness for me. And so all of that combined and then walking back and then being in the space of like a lot in the collective anyway, I was available not to mention, I learned that because my light is bright and I do know that, um, a lot of misplaced, misdirected entities, energetics can attached, can attach, especially if I don't know how to seal myself up and or the holes in my energetic field might allow for a co-resonance of shadow seeking light because my own work needs to be resolved. Did you follow that? So what I mean by that is look at all the sort of fractured, dismantled, exiled parts of myself that is like, if I was really, truly in my wholeness, I wouldn't have even gone to the restaurant. I would have known that that is not going to serve me. I'm going to hang out here, maybe try to find some people or maybe not even go or walk in and try it on, right? Try it on. But the second that I walked in noticing, ooh, this on no level works for my nervous system for just the season that I'm in in life. And I love you guys, but I'm going to head back. And if any of you guys want to head back and want to acquire a venue, here's my number and I would love to connect with you. So I want you to know that we always must take responsibility for whatever we are experiencing. So I took full responsibility. She's removing some of that. It's really powerful. And, um, and so I was able to then uh, take that clearing into my room then I noticed that there was something deeper happening, which probably allowed for the attachments and co-resonance in the first place. And I wasn't aware just how scared I was to take the stage the next morning as the guest speaker. And I had two opportunities to present. I don't even like to say the, the word present because I, I actually chose not to be up on the stage um, that sort of old school 3D, put you on a pedestal up there looking down, which by the way, was not the venue at all that they cultivate. They are so cool. I've never felt more welcomed, more received, more seen, more loved, more comfortable in that kind of environment ever. You know, so that actually was no reflection on them. It was just me being fully aware uh, that that is not what I wanted to do. And so I didn't, but I did notice the night before I had a lot of, of uh, thoughts. They were racing. My heart was pounding and I felt scared and it was just like, whoa, I didn't feel like I was ready. And it's interesting because I hear Lee Harris and the Z's talk about this particular next thing that I'm going to share with you a lot, that oftentimes when we, when we're in like a cocoon or we feel like we're in deep contraction and it's just like, we're, it, it's almost like we've withdrawn or we're withholding or we're not a social or we're quieter and we're sorting a lot out and we're doing a lot of deep work. Right. And that was me, October, November, and December, big time. And inside of that is oftentimes some really deep work around unworthiness and uh, doubt and insecurity. And it can happen to all of us. And Lee was talking about how it happened for him. He went through a few months where it happened and he's like, and it's cyclical, right? But what he was saying is that when I'm in that deep contraction, it's because I'm about to spring forward an even more massive, fully soul aligned, multidimensional expansion. And so I was really thinking about that. And I was like, wow, that was me. I went through the deepest unworthiness pieces 
if of my life in October, November, and December. And some of you know about that. I quit the final parts of the cigarettes, the shameful secret smoking at night um, back on June 15th, right? Some of you remember that story. I got, I got COVID. My soul begged me to quit. It was a real moment. And, and Belinda Womack validated it. Not that I needed her to, but in our conversation, in one private coaching uh, training, whatever we were doing, I don't even know what those are called. In my one-on-one with her, uh, she said, yeah, that was yet another death and rebirth. But what was happening is I was um, restoring all the parts of my adolescent version of Michelle in this life into wholeness. So all the parts of me that didn't feel like I belonged, my insecurities, my self-doubts, my body dysmorphia came online at that point, And that was healed in 2019 for the most part, not entirely when I'm stressed, when I'm feeling fractured, uh, when I'm in deep integration, shadow work, um, it'll come up for sure. But uh, that was like a six-month period where I was being invited from my higher self and soul to restore and resolve and reclaim all the parts of me that I had left at 14 years old and started smoking uh, to cover up from not feeling what I could not and didn't have the capacity to feel at that point in my life. That was a really, 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 really deep journey. So the parts that were still up for... Mm, do you see me? Do you hear me? It was some insecurity that was showing up night before I'm about to take the stage. And so I was able to be clear. I'm like, wait a second, hold up. I've done so much deep work around this. I'm aware that that's there. That doesn't run me though when I'm conscious anymore. More importantly, it was almost like I had to just get a hold of my sovereign self, that that age fully embodied in my agency version of self and have a conversation like, come on, you've been invited, right? They want you here. They didn't invite you to just speak on one topic. They invited you to speak on two topics. You know, a lot of people in the room, it's felt so warm and welcoming. Like what can you do to empower yourself to get out of this victim energy and step into an empowered state of deservingness? Now, before I got there, I was like trying to come up with how I can get out of there. I was like, I don't know. I don't need this. I don't need this. I don't even want to be here. I don't even need to be here. I don't need them. I don't even like them. <laughs> I was like so in it, right? Exactly what a 14 year old immature feeling doubtful, insecure, unworthy version of me would do. So that was up. And I was like, wait, hold up though. We've had so much expansion. I know who I am when I remember and tune all the way in. And so why don't I, instead of like trying to figure out my escape, <laughs> just fly home in the middle of the night, pack my bags and leave, right? Come up with some big excuse that will get me out of this discomfort. Instead, I decided to be with it. And so I was with it and I faced it head on. And what I did is instead of focus on the contraction, I allowed myself to expand beyond the contraction, which is which is the truth of who I really am. And that is what allowed me to then be comforted by they want you here. They invited you. You know this stuff. You love these people. You've connected so beautifully and so easily and so effortlessly right in the heart. Right. There was so much soul connection happening in this in the space over the two and a half days that I had the honor of connecting before I took that stage. And so then it was like, well, what would I do if I was in my sovereign self? Right. If I was embodied there. 
And I was like, well, you'd create a new story. And so the next morning as I was in the shower and I woke up feeling still a little stressed and anxious. And I remember telling my, one of my besties, Jocelyn, who was uh, really helpful in, in helping me get there in the first place. She knew it was a long, long dream, dream of mine. And she's like, how are you feeling? I'm like, I'm a little stressed. And so I started just sharing a little bit about the night before. And she's like, ah, she's like, okay, got that. And it was just cool because she just listened, right? She didn't make it be wrong or, or right. Or she was just a good friend to me. But what I did is that when it was time to go into the ballroom, I actually sat in the very back of the room, not in the group of the, the participants listening to the first couple of speakers before it was time for me. And instead, I just created this bubble. I created a unified field of energy, and I could only see the backs of all these people that I've come to know and love over these three days, right? And um, and so I'm just like in this unified field, and I'm seeing, of course, the speaker who's on the main stage, and, um, and it's an intimate space. There's about 70 of us there. But I'm imagining that I'm bringing all of these people into my heart. And then I close my eyes and I'm just feeling into the expansion of that. And I'm like, wow, we all belong right here. I'm going to bring them all into my heart. It's a friendly universe. I belong here. They want me. We're connected. We're in a unified field of oneness. Ah, oh, man, this feels so good. And I just kept continuing to breathe into that, to trust into that, to expand into that. And it served me well, right? And so you can look at that as anything in life, right? Like where are these evolutionary triggers when we're afraid, when we're feeling insecure, when we're maybe in some self-doubt? Can we start to look at those in ways where it, like it might feel like we're in contraction, but how can it springboard us forward into even more authentic power, into far more aligned evolutionary expansion of our soul and the real reason that we are here? And so when it was time for me to go up, I actually came in fully uh, nourished by what I had created, not only in my mind, but then experienced in my body through my heart. So I was really grounded and connected. And so I hope that serves you well as something to consider of how you can put yourself into those rooms where it might feel like there's a lot at stake or, or just giving in, beginning, beginning even really small, right? Like the, the little expanders that might have been perceived as a trigger like how can you see it as an evolutionary trigger to grow you to evolve you to serve you to lift you to expand you that's something to consider as you are moving forward on your path of awakening and by the way I know we have a lot of new listeners. I know we have a lot of new uh, viewers on YouTube. And so I want to offer up a book that really helped me. And I know that I've talked about Ajashanti before. He's a Zen Buddhist teacher, revered, fairly retired now. He tried to retire a couple months ago, but man, there's so much going on in the world. He just keeps being pulled out of retirement. But he wrote a book and let me, let me look up the title. I've listened now twice. Um, I want to make sure I get the title correct. This is for those of us on the path of awakening. And maybe we are, I don't know about you, but I'm like, is this real? Is this really happening? At what stage am I at? And while I don't think that Ajashanti, and I don't know for sure, but while I don't think he's aware to what is happening in the world, once you're on the path of awakening for long enough, it doesn't really matter. You start to see that that's actually just what's happening now. I chose to be here. I want to be here. But what is the deeper purpose of this for me. And it's all shadow to light work. It's all around what we just 
talked about. Anyway, he shares all of this in a beautiful book that he wrote um, a few years back called The End of Your World by Ajashanti. He also wrote a, a great book uh, that I listened to now three times called Resurrecting Jesus. And it's all around his mystical interpretation of Jesus's teachings in the four main gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And this book changed my life. It changed Lori Ladd's life. And it's so phenomenal, um, especially for those of us that have been a bit allergic through some deep programming to even the, the term Jesus, right? It has nothing to do with the dogma of religion. So if that piques your curiosity, it may serve you well. It is such a beautiful listen. And I encourage you to listen because Ajashante's voice is a healing in and of itself. And then he also wrote a book that I've now listened to twice called Falling Into Grace. And honestly, someone on YouTube recommended that. And I don't know who you were. So if you are listening or watching right now, please let us know in the comments because Falling Into Grace, it's a little older. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful listen. And again, this is all to really help and support us on our path of awakening. And so I'm really hoping to get Ajashanti onto the podcast sometime this year. And whether or not I can make that happen, just know that he's got beautiful books and a lot of great teachings uh, everywhere. So if, if that piques your curiosity, by all means, please follow that because your soul is perking up just like mine did when I was ready. So that was my time at TLC um, when it was time for me to present, to connect, to share. I had to language that differently, right? I was like, I'm not a speaker in that way, although I speak and I speak truth and I speak from a place of, um, and what's really pulling me for it, actually, this is so funny. It was almost like I was just about to share what used to be, but I can feel what is now calling me forward. And it's from a place of true embodiment. There's not a whole lot of show with this version of me that wants to come forward. It's being in my truth, being in that field of oneness, nothing to prove ever, no rush, being all the way in to what I'm here for and how I can serve at this time on my journey. And there's a woman named Dr. Sue Mortar, uh, Many of you probably are familiar with her work. She wrote a fantastic book called Energy Codes that I've now listened to twice since I, I met her again at TLC. She's a member, long-term member. I believe she's wide awake, although I haven't had that conversation, but from what I can gather, she is on this path as well. And this is her mission is to awaken more of us into the truth of who we really are. Energy Codes is a beautiful listen and or uh, read uh, about how you can make sense of that too. So she also will share those different parts of the path of awakening. But I met her like well over 20, 25 years ago at Agape when I was studying there and thought I was going to be a new thought minister and, and was on that track for about eight years in my 20s. And so to now reconnect with her because she used to be a regular guest speaker. I'm also really hoping to get her on the show. So Dr. Sue Mortar, M-O-R-T-E-R, -E what a phenomenal soul. I'm going to recommend that you find her in conversations. Um, I love sharing other magic and medicine with you because we are all walking each other home. I think I said that earlier. And then that brings me to feeling really good about how I served and really proud of how I showed up in that space for five days in New Orleans, being really true to myself as, as, as much as I could be conscious of. 
um, being fully aware that I wasn't there to get anything. I was truly there to give and to serve. And if an invitation comes to join the organization, and if that's what God puts on my path, and so be it. And if that invitation doesn't come, apparently I may know in about two months and I'll share with you, then uh, then it does. And if it does come, it would be my honor to uh, to contribute to what the the collective of the consciousness of the transformation leadership TLC really represents. And um, there are many of us that are speaking this kind of truth awake, right? But yet what we're fully aware of is that we want to transcend the polarities. And we can do that without even having to speak it. You just simply be it, which is what I, I have come to know that Sue Mortar does, which is why I brought her up. Anyway, my final piece on this is there were lots of people that I met there that really touched my soul and they'll be coming on the podcast soon. Um, but another grandmaster teacher is a, is a man named Christopher Maher, Maher, M-A-H-E-R. I haven't actually looked him up on social. I got his book called Free for Life. It's amazing. But Christopher and I were talking a lot there and a lot in LA. That's where he's based. We both joined a choir because I'm on now a really beautiful protocol to heal my lungs. Think about it. At 14, I started smoking, smoked for almost 30 years. Seems weird to even say, but it happened. It's a fact. And so a lot of grief is held in my lungs and, and also my trust and my truth and my power is in my lungs. So it's really important that I work my lungs. So choir, singing, being fully self-expressed, high cardiovascular activity, um, breath work, um, meditation and breath work as well as um, vinyasa yoga, right? Really sinking breath to movement and really coming home to my body, grounding into my body through my heart and my lungs to set myself free. Well, this is his work in a way that it's like next level. I've never seen anything like this. This man does not seek fame or recognition, and it's most likely why you have not heard of him, but he was also an invited uh, guest. And so Christopher's book, Free for Life, and then conversations with him, you know, he was saying to me, I want to reflect something to you. And this man has no cream in his coffee. He's like pure espresso. He just speaks truth. And he comes from um, a beautiful space, but it's not always oh, easy to hear. And so a couple of times we've been like, wait, hold up. Do you have to say it in that way? And he's like, I'm God speaking truth. And I've come to just be with the way that he delivers. But he said something to me the other night. We were There were, there were a few of us hanging out after choir practice and um, choir rehearsal. We all joined this amazing choir. If you are local to the LA area, it's called Land Lights Choir. The orchestrator, the founder, the organizer, the visionary of Land Lights Choir. He was also a guest speaker at TLC uh, when I went. And he runs this most magical choir and oh, his story and everything. Greg Delson. Anyway, you can find Land Lights definitely on um, Instagram, Land Lights Choir. I'm dropping so many things for you guys today. Lots and lots of gifts. But anyway, um, we both joined. We are in our second rehearsal. And, and Christopher was saying to me, you know, I want to reflect something to you. And he probably said it not quite as kindly as this is going to sound, but it was like, you have a, well, maybe this is what he said, but it was like an assault in the moment. Cause I was like, wait, what do you know how much work I've done? But he said, you have a lot of negative modifiers in your languaging and I want you to become aware of it. Things like just, but can't, should, won't, all those types of things. We've heard about this stuff before, but 
But um, even he, and this is how he pointed it out to me. And I know I've talked about it here with you guys. So I'm clear that there's truth here. He was like, you're talking about peeling away these dense layers. You know, you talk about that a lot. Why wouldn't you flip that paradigm on its head and instead see it as an emergence, right? A blossoming, a becoming, a bloom. I said this, a bloom in the now. And whatever that bloom is, like honor that rather than looking at it from the place of like what's keeping it stuck and dense and locked, how about the emergence of what is really wanting and already coming through? And it reminds me of, of a statement that I offered you as a mantra to, to say, and I don't remember if it was, you know, the last podcast or two before, but it was saying to yourself, I am already stepping onto my highest timeline. I'm already stepping onto my highest timeline. I am already stepping onto my highest timeline, right? So I just gave you three ways to say it because you can say it a lot of different ways to really, really own it for yourself. And so there was something about the way that he offered that of like, you know what, you're right. I focus more on what I'm having to pierce through and move through and peel off these dense, dark layers of the deep sacred wound. But what if instead I decided to focus on what really wants to come through, which is the truest, most authentic purpose of my soul and yours as well. And so what if instead of us focusing on how hard it is and how dense and busy and distracted it is, we started to focus on the crack, the light, the emergence, the blossoming, the becoming, the bloom in the now and what's beautiful about that, it's the antidote to egoic survival instincts. So ego, the mind, that is a wonderful teacher because it shows us where we are, right? I mean, Belinda Womack's always teaching about master teacher fear. He's a, it's a master teacher. But so it's like, what about looking at what is presenting as an opportunity to grow us, right? And so if we're back into the now moment, ego has one job, which is to strive to aim for something beyond the now. And so what if we come back to the now moment and we're like, what's here? What's emerging right now? What's blooming right now? And to water that and to nurture that and, and to set ourselves up in the right conditions and elements set and setting so that we can truly bloom even more so in the new now moment. So that we don't think that we're always having to get somewhere and do more work and it's hard and it's dense and there's more layers and there's, and you know what he, he caught me on? He's like, you're always talking about there's always more shedding. He's like, okay, great. But what if instead of shedding, you look at it as like there's more blooming. I want you to just say that shedding or blooming, removing layers or blossoming. Just try that on for yourself. See how it feels in your own body. And maybe like me, choose for yourself that you are already perfect, whole and complete, but there's more of you that wants to emerge now because it is time. This is the reason that we are on the path of awakening. So good. It is so good. It's an almost imperceptible two millimeter shift that changes everything about how we be, how we talk to ourselves, 
our inner narrative. And then of course, that is an outward reflection of not only how we talk to others and see ourselves and fit in and belong in the world, like I did at TLC in the, the back of the room and feeling everything in my heart as a field of oneness, but then that will have an absolute external reflection in terms of how we are flowing in life, the abundance, the relationships, the purpose, the livelihood, the health, vitality, and so on and so forth. That's it. That's it. So I'm going to leave you with that. There's actually nothing more to say. Try it on. I love you. And I will see you next week with a medical intuitive spiritual channel to help us learn how to reign supreme in our energetic field so that what is not ours can no longer have access for co-resonance, okay? Let's be free, my friends. I love you. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Fire and Soul. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. And if you'd like to connect on social, you can find me anywhere at Michelle Sorrow. Or if you'd like to reach out to me directly, you can at fireandsoulpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.